Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. It is Michelle Wong here, and today I have a beautiful, beautiful guest who's also a dear friend of mine, Susan Palmer Wood, who, oh my gosh, how do I... Susan is this amazing, beautiful soul, and she has a background that will just blow your mind. She is an NLP master, trainer, and practitioner. She is uh, so many things. She's a coach. She has so much training in terms of emotional release and helping people with all of that. And uh, Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you, friend. It's really, I'm excited to have a conversation today. Yeah. And like, okay, before we dive into today's topic, which it's going to be around, um, well, especially we're at this time talking about like our blocks and what is holding us back and moving us forward um, and about your work. Um, I wanted to tell people how you and I met and then share a little bit about your story and your background for a little bit. Um, but yeah, you and I met at, um, like a mini mastermind group, like how many years ago, like two ish years? No, almost four, I think. What? Really? No. Like three, three years ago. <gasps> 2017, so. 2017. Yeah. Oh my God. So I was ago. still in corporate. Wow. <laughs> and I had, yeah, I, I was getting out. I had gotten out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. I remember that. And then it was through, um, the group that we were part of was called lean out and it was through like, what was that? Um, there was like the social, like the little circles. It was like a local community. So we met in person. Lean in. Mm-hmm. It was the lean in, but our group itself mm-hmm. was called lean out. And that was led yep. by Jessica, who's mm-hmm. also, yeah. um, but, oh my God, what a, like, we, it was such a perfect alignment of everybody who came together because we were all on, like, a very similar journey together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so amazing to meet you and learn more about you. And we've been friends ever since. Yeah, it was really great timing for all of us, like you said, because we were all on a healing and exploration journey and looking for a place where we could really feel um, vulnerable and held and safe and just share and just have each other's back. So it was really great timing. Jessica did a great job facilitating that circle. Yeah. Um, and I loved that it was the only one called lean out, um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, great. And then doing uh, camp sold us together. Mm-hmm. And that oh was my God, amazing. Camp sold us. Yeah. Everybody who's listened to the podcast pretty consistently knows camp sold us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh shout God. out Rachel. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Rachel Ford creator of soul dust. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And, and our lives just kind of keep, we just keep in touch. We also did women speak when you did a women speak yes. circle. Oh my we goodness. did that. Yeah, yeah. I was, I have to say, um, I, now I know cause it's like learning about human design. Cause a mm-hmm. part of me, when I led the women speak, um, after, after a year of it, I felt, I felt like it was time for me to move on from it. And, mm-hmm. uh, somebody else or two people in our community picked it up. 
but I was like, that's the manifestor energy, I guess for me, like I initiate and then after a while, like someone else is meant to carry it on. And I was like, wow, that was like a perfect, <laughs> a perfect role yeah. for me right there. But anyway, you mm -hmm. are like, we can talk about that too, a little bit later around your design, mm -hmm. which uh, it's manifesting generator. <laughs> it is so fitting. <laughs> I remember when, when Jessica first um, told me, I, I was just learning about human design and she um, posted to me, I bet you're a human or excuse me, I bet you're a manifesting generator. And so I didn't know what that was. So I looked it up and I just looked at what the types are. And I said, Oh no, I used to be one, but now I'm a projector. And she's like, <laughs> Haha, ha, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I'm like, no, when I was in corporate, I totally would work, you know, 80, 90 hours a week, but I don't do that now. You know, I manage my schedule. And she's like, well, you do these eight to 12 hour coaching sessions. So I'm pretty sure you're a manifesting generator. And then when I actually entered my birth date and time, it's like, oh, yes, I am a manifesting <laughs> generator. So it was really funny. I'm like, nope, I used to be. <laughs> It changed now. Yeah, <laughs> I so love it. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's awesome. So awesome. But yeah, I can see not even like, I know, like you're just so passionate and you're just bubble of joy. I'm like, that to me is always a clear sign of a man gen. You know, it's just like hands and feet and all the different things. And then very yes. excited and very passionate. Mm -hmm. That is like, oh, man gen right there. <laughs> Isn't that fun? You know, while you do that, I've been um, really exploring. And so you're right. I have this insatiable curiosity. So I was learning about human design and astrology and Enneagram and numerology and Myers-Briggs and all the things because I really am passionate about helping people learn about who they are and shed who they're not. Mm -hmm. So in my own journey of doing that, it's like, I want to share it with other people as well. And so while you look and you can spot um, human design, I look and I spot Enneagram. I love so it's it. Just, it's just, it's fun. It. You know, it. it's like, oh, and it's not that we're putting people in boxes. No. Because we all experience it differently, right? With the human mm -hmm. design, it's the gates and the open centers and, and you know more than I do. And same with Enneagram, you know, we show up a little bit differently and it's fun to, to and it's easier to have, um, I've found that it's easier to have compassion and connect when you have a, when you step into someone else's model of the world, or at least you open up. Yeah to people being different from who you are and how beautiful that is. That's actually a great way to describe it. Like when you step into other people's model of the world, because like when I look at someone's astrology chart or human design chart, I'm like, Oh, I get them now. Like I get it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And it, it like all of the places where it could be hard or frictional, it's like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I understand. So it's like, yeah, it brings a level of compassion in, um, mm -hmm. that is really helpful. So I just, and just, for example, I mean, I don't know if we need an example, but I was just thinking even with my kids, so, mm -hmm. and my husband specifically, as a parent, when you understand your child's Enneagram, it can help you change how you relate to them and how you mm -hmm. talk with them and to have more compassion. So with my son, who is an Enneagram nine wing eight it's understanding that when he is hibernating it's not because he doesn't want to spend time with me mm. i used to be so hurt like okay jake i'm ready to watch the seahawks game with you he's like i was really hoping to watch it by myself oh that hurts oh. you know like yeah. what am i doing wrong as a mom and then i'm like <laughs> oh 
so this wing eight is helping him say, I don't, you know, like speaking up. And the nine is like, I need my space, you know? And, and then my husband being a three wing four is really understanding that his identity is really wrapped up in his career. Mm. And so that no, take it personally that he works a lot of hours, like just enjoy this part of him. So it, it really does help with the compassion and understanding and getting you out of blame, shame, and guilt, another person, mm. right? Or wondering, it helps me stop the wondering what's wrong with me. Why don't they want to connect with me? Mm. It gets me out of my own way yeah. to understand, to understand other people and how they are, how they are. Yeah, totally. I actually don't know a whole lot about Enneagrams. Um, so we should have a conversation with that outside of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I kind of went down a rabbit hole there. Oh, no, no, no. It's all good. Like, I love, there's so many different avenues of, like, different systems. So it's always so fascinating. Like, I'm into all of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, okay. So let's rewind a bit. And, like, so, you, like, I, I know a little bit, of, oh, I know quite a lot about your story, but other people <laughs> might not. Um, but, okay, yeah. so you mentioned that you were in corporate, um, and now you're not. So tell me the journey and maybe, like, the like the big moments of like the ahas that made you transition. Yeah. Thank you. And what's really interesting is the further away I am from the big moments, the the more perspective I have. Mm, So the more it's like our work is never done, right? We're like Mm -hmm. onions. We just continue to peel and shed as things come up that say, Hey, I'm ready to be looked at. Right. As we grow, when we come up with conflict or people or whatever, it's like, oh, something else that's ready to heal that I can look back and say, oh. So when I was in corporate America, I was um, leading a really successful career in corporate America. I was making really good money. I had a good title. I worked at a, a really big company and I had a big house and um was married, you know, to the love of my life, my second marriage, and my kids were awesome. And I, I, I often joke that it was kind of like watching a duck sailing on a pond. I looked like everything was great and I was happy. But underneath, you don't see the little duck's feet like paddling a mile mm. a minute, you know, just, yeah. uh, you know, keep up. And I was exhausted and I started feeling this incongruence. I'd been studying personal development, you know, since I was 20, I just turned 50 and, and it all made sense to me, but I was keeping it up in my head and I wasn't embodying it. Mm -hmm. So the gap between what I was doing and who I was, was widening. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I remember my health started to deteriorate. So as I started noticing that I wasn't sleeping anymore, I was working in my sleep um, and I was losing my cognitive functioning and I was Mm. exhausted, but I kept having to go and I would have daily migraines and I felt this internal um, cynicism too, you know, like I would see the memes about, you know, you could be anything you want to be. And I'd be like, F you, <laughs> you know, and here I am this super positive, optimistic person, but I was becoming very cynical yeah. and very sad and not seeing a way out and not seeing a way to change because I was supporting my kids and, um, and I was told to be grateful for, mm-hmm. for the job that I had for, for, you know, 
everything that I had? Why couldn't I just be grateful? And why couldn't I just set boundaries? And why couldn't I just do self-care and say no? And so I was feeling like, oh, there's something wrong with me. One more piece of evidence that there's something wrong with me. Mm. Um, and so I felt guilt and shame. So I started mm. to close in more and more and isolate myself more and more. I already didn't feel like I really belonged anywhere. I felt like I was really different, like this now what people call woo-woo side or spiritual side. I couldn't really talk about in corporate America or with the friends that I had. And it was a really important part of me. So that was more incongruence. So my, I was starting to go to a natural path who said, um, she put me on, um, adrenal medication and all these supplements and things to try and help me. And my health continued to decline. And she said, Susan, your health is a tip ticking time bomb. You need to stop because you don't want what's next. Mm. And I laughed, you know, and I had a coach at the time for many, many years. And I remember sitting in the parking lot and also telling this doctor, like, I can't possibly stop. I have too many things to do, too many people counting on me and too many responsibilities. I can't just stop. Like, what would happen? We have this product launch coming up. What would they do without me? You know, but I was serious. That's the heavy responsibility that I felt all over. I felt that there wasn't any time to take care of me. And so the big aha that happened is um, one morning in December, I got up early. I was exhausted. I stood in my closet. I was trying to figure out what was going to fit on my body. And that I looked down on the floor and I just collapsed mm. and I couldn't, couldn't get up. And I was like, Susan, get up, Susan, get up. Come on. People are counting on you. Get up. And I just cried mm. because I couldn't. So as I laid there crying, I, I knew something had to change. And so I ended up going on um, medical leave. Um, and it was in that medical leave where I started asking the questions of what's driving me and what am I running from? Mm. And why do I hate myself so much? Mm. And um, it was in this three months of medical leave that I finally had permission to rest. Mm. And I finally had permission to take long baths in the middle of the day, to take naps in the middle of the day, to watch Netflix with my daughter to mm. rest because before then I, I felt like I had to be busy and productive all the time because I had so many things to do. Mm -hmm. And now as I watch my daughter with her newborn, it's like, okay, when the baby is sleeping, I can take a nap or I can eat or I can call a friend or I could do the laundry or I can right And, and guess what? Her self-care goes last. You know, mm. and I recognized that I was not a great role model for her. So we, mm. we've had many conversations about this. And I think as women, I know we tend to do this too, is put other people's needs ahead of our own. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was like finally giving myself permission to just be. And I remember another aha was when I was seeing a therapist because in this destroying of my body. So I collapsed with chronic fatigue and adrenal burnout, phase three. And I had had suicidal ideations and I had really lost a lot of my cognitive functioning. And um, it, was, it was one of the most difficult times in my life that ended up being one of the most profound. Mm -hmm. And um, so this therapist said, your homework for the weekend is to just be. 
And I said, in all honesty, I said, is there like a worksheet for that? How, <laughs> totally. What does that mean? What do I do? Yeah, to, to be. <laughs> mean? And so I love that the people who come to me are the ones, whether it's the college kids or it's the women or men in midlife, but they're like, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, the college kids are like, oh my gosh, I'm graduating and I'm supposed to have this all figured out. And I don't even know. I have so much anxiety. I don't even know what that means. I don't mm-hmm. even know how to do this. Help me. Mm-hmm. And so it's unraveling and shedding the parental conditioning and the societal mm-hmm. conditioning and helping them tap into and learn who they are and unlearn who they're not. And midlife, it's the same thing. It's like, I did all the things that society said I needed to do to be happy and successful. So why am I not happier? Why am mm-hmm. I not fulfilled? And so it's, again, unlearning and shedding the doing to be mm-hmm. happy and the having to be happy and being in this trance and in this treadmill to really exploring who am I. So again, it's my mess is my message. Mm-hmm. I had to unlearn the limiting beliefs about who I was and what I needed to do to be happy and start exploring who I really am and then being brave enough to step into that truth. And it's a daily process. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love all of that. I love it. I love it because it's exactly like like we speak the same language, right? It's really at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, wait, the things that I've been doing, like what has like, who, whose agenda am I following, you know, versus like, what's really like, what is my soul wanting versus like, you know, the, the conditioning and the expectations from everybody. Um, Yeah. And as I work, as I work with light workers too, um, you know, the, the people who are of service, the hypnotherapists and the other coaches and um, astrologists and people, service oriented people, mm-hmm. we're still going, they're still shedding the, the conditioning of our childhood that mm-hmm. prevent them from fully stepping into the magnificence of who they are and mm-hmm. fully owning what it is that they want to do, right? Because when what you want to do versus your actions and who you are when they're not in alignment, then there's a block there. So it's shedding that, you know, so it's, it's um, at all levels. And so what the, the other profound moment that I just wanted to share um, to not leave people thinking like, and so then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So after three months of, um, you know, it, it almost killed me. Of, of just recovering and staying in my house. Um, I found myself at Zion National Park and with a friend of mine to get out into nature, she, mm-hmm. she convinced me that it would be really good for me. And then she's, you know, convinced me to go on this walk and this walk turned into this vertical climb and this vertical climb all of a sudden started kickstarting my adrenaline as I'm holding on to chains, trying to get to the top of this mountain. It took about eight hours to do that. And I, it was very slow and gradual with lots of stops. So I didn't even know what was happening really until all of a sudden it got real vertical and there were chains there. And I was like, wow, what have I gotten myself into? Why, why am I doing this? I'm broken. How can I do this? But then there's another part of me that said, keep going. Mm-hmm. And don't we get that all the time too? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if I could do this. And another part of me is like, just keep going, mm-hmm. right? Like we face this in our lives all the time. So I kept going. And when I got to the top and I looked down, 
you know, it was Angel's Landing, which is one of the most treacherous mm. hikes in the national park system. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> I found out later, but when I looked down at this, I said, oh my God. And I had this Rocky moment as my daughter calls it. And I stood up and I threw my arms up at the air and I just said, woohoo. It just viscerally just came out. Mm. And I said, I am not broken. Mm. It was profound for me because in that moment, I recognized that even though my my health hadn't changed, my circumstances hadn't changed, what I knew was possible for me changed. Mm. It was in that moment that possibilities opened up for me Mm. and everything shifted. And sometimes, you know, Tony Robbins says that our lives are um, decisions can happen in an instant, but sometimes Mm. it takes decades to get to that moment of decision. And at that time, I decided that I wasn't broken. I decided that there could be more possibilities for me. And so I made it down, you know, in like four hours and I changed jobs um, and I decided and I, I became Zumba certified. I did my first Tough Mudder. I joined a company. I took a 50% pay cut to join a company in technology again that was all about creating health, healthy, happy workforces. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be perfect for me because I was also a health coach as I was working in corporate America. So I'm, this is going to be perfect. This is aligned with who I am. And I told myself, I'm going to give myself a year. And if I'm not happy in a year, I am not asking anyone for permission. I'm just going to leave. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to abandon myself again. Mm. And so in this environment, people actually learned how to look people in the eye again. I learned how to have lunch in the lunchroom again instead of at my desk. Mm. I learned how to have harmony between work life and home life and my hobbies and my spirituality and bringing all of me to work. And then I started burning out again. Mm. And so I didn't see it happen gradually, but I was working more and more and I was taking on more and more responsibilities and I was using my work as my identity again. Mm -hmm. And then um, once I realized that and I started having to take my medications again and my son went off to college, I said, it was a year and a half later and I said, I don't know what's next, but it's not this Mm. and I'm leaving. And it felt incredible. So during that year, I was saving my money. I was building up my, um, my health, you know, savings account and all of that, getting ready for if, if that should ever happen, I'm choosing me. Mm -hmm. And so that was huge. And then I went to Bali by myself for a couple of weeks and saw six different spiritual healers. And they all told me, don't don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll just, (laughs) I'll just be happy. (laughs) So what was really cool is when I got back from Bali and and with this whole don't worry, be happy and scratching my head, not knowing what the hell that meant. um, I, you know, a couple of months later, I was clearing off my bookshelf and a book fell to the floor, as they do. And I opened it up and I had written a note that said, sign up for um, NLP practitioner training, January, 2009. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I love that. And I'd actually had a conversation in Bali about NLP. I love NLP. I've been to five Tony Robbins events, you know, and, and I love neuro-linguistic programming. And so I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything else. Let's do that. And so it was, I signed up, I went to a practitioner training the next month and fell in love with it. I fell in love. I was on the edge of my seat, even though I was still recovering from burnout. And I had gone through, it was like 10, 11 hour trainings, 
my days mm-hmm. on the edge of my seat with more energy at the end of the day than at the beginning, mm-hmm. which is a sign that you're in alignment mm-hmm. and that you're a manifesting generator. But I was going to say that, like <laughs> sacral energy getting activated. <laughs> and so it really tied in. So I really dove in and learned about how you're in what goes on on the inside and the meaning that you make of things creates your experience on the outside. Mm -hmm. And all of these years I was trying to control the outside to make the inside feel better. Mm. So I learned that that's not how that works. Mm. And so it was in this journey of NLP, which is modeled after success and successful behaviors and, and understanding how your mind can change that quick. Just like when I was on the top of angels, landing your mind can change that fast and so that's what I'm so passionate about doing is not only holding a really safe space for women to take their wonder woman cape off mm-hmm. right or for people to just be vulnerable and not worry about being judged but just show up fully as who they are and ask the questions and admit when they're struggling mm-hmm. um, and then can give them the tools and strategies to help them get into alignment with who they are so when they are having conflicts with people, we can dig in and see where those triggers really come from. Mm. You know, um, one of my friends joked and said, you know, you know who your ideal client is? And I'm like, mm, who? And she goes, anyone who was once a child. <laughs> I laughed. I'm like, that's true. <laughs> no matter how much work we do, it often stems back from, you know, childhood. And it's also helping people for a long time um, I'm such a feeler. I'm an ENFP and, um, I was often being run by my feelings. So once I healed and once I stepped into being an NLP practitioner and learning mental emotional release and letting go of the childhood traumas that I had been through and releasing all of this energy that I had shoved down and ignored, um, I, I felt so free. And I also went from the extreme when I was in corporate to ignoring my feelings and doing what I should be doing Mm -hmm. someone else's idea of success to be happy and ignoring what I wanted and what I felt just swinging the pendulum the other way and just going with the wind. Like, what do I feel like today? Mm -hmm. Which is great until it actually prevents you from doing what you want to do. For Mm -hmm. example, if I want to go work out, but I don't feel like it, is that right. really helping my goal of health, right? Yeah. So helping people also learn how to navigate their feelings, which mm. is so prevalent in this day and age. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about that because before we um, actually like started the interview, we were talking about like just what's happening globally with like uh, the Black Lives Matter and the amount of yeah. um, like the guilt and the shame um, so yeah. yeah, let's, let's dive into that a little bit more because you had a really great point around how people are responding and the emotional, the emotionalness yeah. of it all. Yeah. So there's a lot of emotions right now and here I'm hearing people say that they're feeling stuck in guilt and the heaviness of the collective energy or their Mm -hmm. own feelings as they are starting to unlearn things that they didn't even know they needed to unlearn and to learn what they didn't know they needed to learn Mm -hmm. and just the heaviness of it. So going from the reacting and with the anger and um, taking action, you know, when you come from a place of reacting instead of responding, Mm -hmm. it can almost be like a flare that goes up and then fizzles out. 
And mm-hmm. so I'm seeing a lot of fizzle out, a lot of heaviness. And so I just invite people to look at their emotions and how they're feeling and honor how they're feeling because we're all responding differently. And then ask the question, are your feelings motivating you to take action and be a part of the change, a part of the systemic change that needs to happen to motivate you to have the sometimes tough conversations with friends? Is that motivating you to be an ally or is it causing you to sit on the sidelines now? Is it causing you to um, turn your eye to take a break? Because this isn't this time and Black Lives Matter isn't a sprint. It's a marathon, mm-hmm. like, right? And so the awareness is great and things that we're doing, you know, I'm so grateful that all of the awareness and, and all of the learning that I'm going through as well and the conversations that I'm able to have with people. Um, and it's going to take change. And so there's really not time to sit on the sidelines. We need to stay in action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a really important question for people to ask. And to, I was sharing that I'm starting to feel this heaviness as I'm watching more videos and, and reading more and engaging in conversations. And the more I learn, the more my heart breaks and the more I feel like, how did I not know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was coming from that energy and coming from that energy isn't sustainable. And it's also not in alignment with who I am. I'm a light in this world and I'm meant to be a light in this world. And I'm meant to help change the world from that perspective. So for me, it was a big shift to recognize where I was, to talk with friends that I, where I could just express my feelings, express my emotions, let it out, ride that wave, and then say, okay, now I am ready to keep going and mm-hmm. to go from my perspective. So I heard someone say, so at first it was like, we, you know, coming from a place of love. And I was watching a TED talk where he said, um, yes, of course, we all need to love each other. And what we need is change. Mm-hmm. What we need is action, right? So coming from a place of possibilities and education and conversations that are responding instead of reacting. reacting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. So I'm happy to, happy to help people help shift those emotions. And sometimes what it is finding the meaning and shifting, it's deciding that you want to shift. Mm-hmm. When you ask your question, like, is this feeling running my life or am I in charge? Mm-hmm. Is this feeling motivating me to be my best self because the world needs me to be my best self? Or are these emotions causing me to um, numb out or sit out or make it all about me mm-hmm. instead of focusing where it needs to focus? And sometimes it is just naming the feeling where you're at, being aware of it, naming it, exploring it, expressing it to a close friend, coach, therapist, whoever. And then moving your body because our mind and our body are absolutely connected. Mm-hmm. So move your physiology, um, you know, go outside, go for a walk, um, have, the, have the physiology or the posture of um, confidence and certainty and whatever it is that you need to embody mm-hmm. to continue to move forward. It's just, and I just want to say that because we all respond differently. Some people are really motivated by anger mm-hmm. to make change. 
change. Mm -hmm. Thank God for them. For me, after an extended period of time, it starts to drain my energy. Mm -hmm. So that's not me. So I just need to be aware of my energy and ask those questions. Are my feelings running my life or am I in charge? Because mm-hmm. we get to make that choice. It's just like me on the top of that. And you don't have to climb a mountain, but you can choose and you can reach out and get help if you need help. Yeah, I love that. And like, sure. yeah, absolutely. And that's like for like the messaging, like that's the work of the inner leader, right? And I think leadership mm-hmm. is, I think people can shy away from the word leader or leadership because it's mm-hmm. work. It's like, first we have to lead ourselves and everything that you just described, like asking the questions, recognizing, am I coming from a place of reaction or am I responding? I mean, that, yeah. like, even awareness of that, that's like mm-hmm. step number one, right? So I just love yeah. that you brought that distinction. And um, especially during this time, because I, like, la- was it last week or the week before? I just, like, I was on the internet way too much. And, uh-huh. like, all of the different, and, like, I'm standing with all of this. Like, you know, I support mm-hmm. it. And I was feeling so drained just from yep. being online. And I'm like, this isn't even helping me, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I had to take a step back and just be like, okay. Like, this mm-hmm. is not an overnight thing. And if it's the long game, then I get to, like, I get to be in action on my own way um, mm-hmm. and not feel bad if I'm not protesting because that's not how I operate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all have our own way to navigate this, whether it be reading books or talking to people and taking courses, like, and it, it could be a blend of everything. So I love that you were talking about, I- like, people feeling heavy. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I just, it just sparked something that kind of leads us to the beginning of our conversation because it's so easy that I, I'm also seeing, and I wonder if you are too, a lot of righteousness, a lot of judgment of other yeah. people and how they're responding or not responding. And just how we started at the beginning of the call, um, that we're all different and we all do things different. So, so ask questions, mm-hmm. like, you know, instead of making assumptions and have conversations and listen to how people are responding instead of making judgments and step into their model of the world mm-hmm. so that you can communicate and you know how to communicate. Even with COVID, people had um, so many emotions and were responding so differently. And at the very beginning, some people were looking at opportunities and some people were looking at updating their wills. Mm-hmm. Right. Like some people were completely freaking out and buying up all of the toilet paper and other people were like, oh, come on. It's just like the flu. We're going to be fine. Just be smart people. Like we're all different. Mm-hmm. And that's so important right now is just to have this sense of unity and belonging and compassion that we're all going to respond differently. And yeah. the best thing is to know where you're know what motivates you, know what takes away from your energy and check in so that you can, like you said, it's, it's the long game. Mm -hmm. So we need to be part of the change. And there was something that you said, um, that pausing and asking the question, that's empowerment. Mm -hmm. To me, empowerment is to understand that there is a pause between cause and effect Mm. um, and to take advantage of that pause and Mm. to, and, and, that means that I'm at choice because I can't always control my circumstances or what's going on around it, but I can control how I respond Mm -hmm. and the meaning that I give to it, Mm -hmm. which means that that meaning is up to me. That's my filter based on my values, my experiences, you know, who I am. And that's going to be unique to me. So to expect someone else to feel the same exact way isn't fair. Yeah. Right. So that's, 
that's empowerment. It's not what happens to you as much as how you respond and mm-hmm. what you do about it and the meaning that you give it and continuing to step into that empowerment. I think it's huge. It's so huge. And like a big like thing of that is like emotional mastery, which I feel like is so important. And like, mm-hmm. like I love that that's part of your work as well. Um, Cause really it's like, it is asking questions and inner reflection. And like, I love like even in your own personal story of what you were sharing around like the importance of self care, which like, I, I love self-care and like, I wish it was a different word though. Cause sometimes it just rolls over people's head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why, right? It's like, mm-hmm. um, but the more we take care of our own well being, the more we can show up for other people. Um, and like mm-hmm. everything that you shared, even during this time, COVID and like this, you know, the black lives, all black lives matter. I want to say, right. Cause like I was yes, listening to this absolutely. conversation around like the, like the trans community who are like of black you know, black mm-hmm. trans, like all of like the pieces where it doesn't necessarily fit into like a male straight, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So anyway, all black lives matter and mm-hmm. like all of like the self care piece so that we're nourished so that we can show up, I think is mm-hmm. so important. Um, and for whatever reason, I feel like self care always takes the back burner, you know, mm. if we don't make it that quickly. Priority. Yeah. <laughs> yeah quickly it does for me I um my daughter son-in-law and their new baby um we were all quarantined together in my house Mm -hmm. and I my self-care went out the window quick Mm -hmm. I'm like oh there's that old pattern (laughs) you know (laughs) I'm like that was fast and it is it is learning and unlearning all the time and just that awareness and so the more you can create practices that support you for when you really need it so that it becomes automatic is really helpful. And um, self-care comes in many different forms. You know, I mentioned, you know, that when I was recovering from burnout in the very beginning, it was for me is, you know, taking naps and taking baths, but then it also became, you know, my husband would come home and say, what'd you do today? You know, how was your day? What'd you do today? Because he's a three wing yeah. four. He is all about being productive. He didn't mean it like, so what did you do today? So I can judge you. It was just, right. that's what's important to him. So for me, I had to say, please stop asking me that. And instead ask me how I am. Mm. That is self-care. Mm-hmm. So, so instead of feeling bad every time I came home, I'm like, I didn't really do anything today. Yay me. I'm rowing, you know, and if it's, you know, standing and using my voice as self-care instead of shrinking back and being like, oh, was it okay that I say I'm really spiritual and, mm-hmm. you know, that I use Oracle cards and mm-hmm. am I going to be judged and are people going to take me seriously? Self-care is standing in, it can be standing in who you are. It can mm-hmm. be who you surround yourself with. It can be the boundaries and saying no, you know, and self-care can also be, you know, willing to step into the arena and mm-hmm. fail forward mm-hmm. and being able to make mistakes. It's, it can be honoring who you are. So you're right. Self-care, is, you know, it's also getting massages. It's also doing Reiki. Yeah. It just takes form. You know, self-care to me is also understanding the power of play. Mm-hmm. And play, there's eight different play types. So understanding what that means for you mm-hmm. and and just enjoying yourself mm-hmm. is self-care you know yeah absolutely I love it like following your joy really is like if I'm yes. if I'm gonna like unlearn, like I want to make this whole process joyful <laughs> you know even if yeah. it might not be like the topic itself but if I'm gonna be learning new things and spending time then how can I make it more pleasurable 
you know, mm -hmm. is always like an invitation for us to explore so that there's, um, so that we want to continue doing the work, even though it's not easy, but we can at least make it pleasurable, whether it light a candle, play some music as I'm reading or, you know, all of that. Yeah. And it's, um, and, and the people I've um, coached, well, most of the people that I've coached have struggled with taking time for self-care for play mm -hmm. for for taking time for themselves and not feeling like it's selfish and to really understand I love Lisa Nichols taught me this um, that you need to fill up your cup so that it's overflowing and then give from the saucer mm, I love that so that you are so filled up that you have that you're overflowing and can give from that place of overflowing mm -hmm. it, it's so powerful and it's so true that the mm -hmm. more you're filled up, the more you can give to others because it's hard to give from an empty cup. It's so is like, where are you going to give if the cup is empty? Mm -hmm. Just air? Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because then it can yeah. lead to resentment, right? Mm -hmm. I know we can talk for hours. I really appreciate this conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many different ways. That's why I love talking to you. <laughs> Well, how can people learn more about you? So if you go to my website, susanpalmerwood.com, um, there's a little bit more about me. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at susanpalmerwood.com. And I, there's a place where you can go on my website where you can schedule a clarity call. And so I would love to talk to anybody who's interested in learning more about how they can get their life aligned with who they are and just explore what that even means. I'm happy to, to talk to them. Um, and talk about what's possible. Oh, I love it. I will share all the links to your website, social media, um, Facebook, Insta, and you are just, like, just knowing you, like, you have such a big heart, and I know that anyone, everyone who reaches out, um, they're going to get so much value just from having a conversation with you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for your time and just for sharing your wisdom and your story. I'm just so grateful to have you on and to have you as a good friend. I thank you so much. And I really, um, I cherish you. Mm. And I, I really appreciate this conversation and um, you being in my life. And I'm really excited to see where we're going to go together in the future because I know we're going to be each other's lives. So yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank Amazing. you so much. And for those of you listening, uh, please share this episode and tag us both on Instagram, Insta stories, Facebook, Facebook stories, and uh, see you all soon. Take care. Bye. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support. And take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.